NPR. As we heard this week, this year's Economics Nobel went to Claudia Golden, and we actually spoke to her two years ago about her work here on The Indicator. And what we love about Claudia Golden is that she goes deep. Claudia asks these economic questions like, why exactly does having kids leave women with such persistently lower salaries? And what could be done about it? And to answer questions like that, she has collated 200 years of hard data. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And today we're going to play you that interview from 2021. We've got original Indicator host extraordinaire Stacey Vanek-Smith, who chatted with Claudia Golden, now the Nobel laureate. And at the end, we'll have an update from Claudia from after she learned about her award. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Humana. Your employees are more than your coworkers. They're the heartbeat of your business. That's why Humana offers modern group benefits designed to protect employees and their families with dental, vision, life, and disability coverage. Humana knows every employee and every business is unique. That's why they listen to your needs and build plans with you and your team in mind. That's the power of human care. This message comes from NPR sponsor E-Trade from Morgan Stanley. Take control of your financial future with E-Trade. No matter what kind of investor you are, their tools and resources can help you be ready for what's next. Now when you open an account, you can get up to $1,000 with a qualifying deposit. Terms apply. Learn more at eTrade.com slash NPR. Investing involves risks. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC. Member SIPC. E-Trade is a business of Morgan Stanley. We're talking with Claudia Golden about her book, Career and Family. Claudia, thank you so much for joining me. Certainly. In the beginning of the book, you address some of the data about women in the workplace, specifically the pay gap and the promotion gap. A lot of those things are often attributed to gender discrimination. And you take a different look at that data. What do you see when it comes to things like the pay gap and the career gap? So I would never say that there is no discrimination and no sexual harassment at all. But the majority of the gap, particularly for women who have caregiving responsibilities, is due to the fact that women often step back and the men in their lives step forward. And they do this in part to optimize the family income, the household income. You give an example of a couple. I think they both start out in in IT, and they start out at the same job, basically at the same pay, and then they go in very different directions. So describe this couple's trajectory. So they had kids, and so they had taken jobs that were, in some sense, a little greedy. Uh, The greediness of the jobs was that... uh, They were expected to be on call at 
sort of all hours, not 24-7, but maybe on Sunday nights, maybe on vacations, maybe after or around dinner time. And after the kids arrived, they realized that these sort of greedier jobs, which paid more, that both of them couldn't do that. And so they knew that one of them had to be what one might call the on-call at home, but full-time working parent, and the other one would be the on-call at the office and full-time working parent. And so they decided, as is the case for many couples in the world, (laughs) that the woman would be the on-call at home working parent. You make the point that couples are wanting to pursue career and family and ideally an equal split. And we've never really had that in any country throughout history before. I mean, I guess I knew that, but it sort of surprised me to hear it put that way. Right. I I think that one of the things that the book does is it shows the evolution of college graduate women who at the beginning of the 20th century know that they can have either a career or a family. Very few of them could put together both. And we evolve into the mid part of the 20th century. These are the mothers of the baby boom. And they were enabled to have a family first and then have very fulfilling jobs, occasionally an actual career, And that was actually progress. And then we moved to the generation that got the pill and said, I have the ability to delay marriage, delay having kids without very much of a cost in terms of my social and sexual life. And yeah, they did much better on the career end. And then we moved to the most recent group uh, and This group has had more career and family than any group in the past. On the other hand, though, women are not doing as well as men are. And that's where we get to the story about greedy work. In certain ways, all the generations are reacting a little bit to the generation before and the trade-offs they saw that generation making. But then we get to COVID. How did that sort of change the situation of women and family and career? We learned that we could do many things without being together. And so, in fact, there is a silver lining to our terrible pandemic year. And that is that I think we have reduced the price of what I'll call flexibility and reduced the need for as many greedy jobs. Yeah, I did want to ask about moving forward because it strikes me that when you were describing the IT couple, um, they made a very economically logical decision because, like you said, they could have both taken the less greedy job that would have allowed them to split the child care more evenly. But for the family unit, they actually maximized their resources in a way. What do you see as the way forward? The solution isn't a simple one, but part of it is reducing the value of these greedy jobs, Uh, getting jobs in which individuals are very good substitutes for each other and can trade off. And I know there are people who will tell me this is impossible, but 
in fact, it's done in obstetrics, it's done in anesthesiology, it's done in pediatrics, it's done in veterinary medicine, it's done in various banking decisions. And if it can be done in all of that with all the amazing IT that we have, we could probably do it elsewhere as well. The other part of this is changing the cost of alternatives to the parental time for taking care of the kids. And we, you know, as a nation, we have done that for a very, very long time. It's called public school. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So the fact that we agreed as a nation long ago to have public school means that the question is, when does it start? For example, in Sweden, child care starts at age one. And then the other part of this is thinking of your children as my children and my children as your children. If we truly embrace that, we wouldn't debate as much about whether we should fund programs because it would be, I'm lowering the price of taking care of your children, but they're my fellow citizens. They're my children as well. When we spoke to Claudia Golden this week, just after she'd learned about her Nobel, we asked her a question. We now have record-breaking labor force participation among working-aged women in the U.S. Does she think this will continue? Right. So the pandemic had these weird and interesting silver linings. With a continuation of remote work, we have a reduction in commuting and an ability for individuals no longer to work part-time but to work in the office and somewhat at home. And the other edge is that we have finally gone back to realizing that we have a problem with care, not just the care of the little ones, but after school. What about the older individuals who need our care? This sort of brought to us again, writ large, the care sector. What are we doing about it? That's a good question. The boosted federal childcare subsidies that we saw during the pandemic are largely finished. We discussed this in a recent Indicator episode. There is a Democratic-sponsored bill that might extend that funding, but right now, that legislation isn't going anywhere. This episode of The Indicator was produced by Brittany Cronin and Corey Bridges with engineering from Isaac Rodriguez and Sina Lafredo. It was fact-checked by Taylor Washington and Sierra Juarez. Kate Kincannon edits the show. The Indicator is a production of NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast, On Investing. Each week, you'll get thoughtful, in-depth analysis of both the stock and the bond markets. Listen today and subscribe at schwab.com oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts.